0: Amazing. A Bit feng shui, I know, but feels better over here. Um, uh, I'm getting such a sense when these kids come up. Um, how are we done? Have we? Is that done? We're on. We're on. Good. Uh, I just wanted that recorded. Uh, those declarations over Lottie and uh, I'll add a a little bit into it actually because um, I am I'm getting such a sort of burning sensation in me that there is a generation of children that have been born recently and are being born at the moment and will be born shortly that are just going to be world changers. It is I kind of saw this picture of this little company of toddlers worshiping the lord you know and connecting into something in the unseen realm that we've only dreamt of you know and i think as parents and as grandparents it's like we have a we have a responsibility i just love sitting there in the worship with judah and he sometimes occasionally goes quiet and just sort of settles down but to just put my hand on him and just say, Father, can we fill him with your Holy Spirit, even from this age, and really just pray for him and bless him and see him step up. Uh, I think we are coming into a sort of a revelation of some things in the Spirit, which are very exciting for us. But for them, they're going to grow up just knowing it. Just It's just their... Their foundation, our ceiling will be their foundation, won't it? They'll they'll just carry on from where we've got up to and go much much further. So, I just bless Lottie and I bless every child that has been born, is being born, and will be born in this in this season because I think they are going to change the world in Jesus' name. Um, yes, yeah, some of the stuff that oh right. Sarah, thank you uh, for looking at me like that. (laughs) Sarah came and had a word with me and said the situation's just come to her notice this morning. Her son-in-law has been taken into hospital and is in danger of dying. Uh, He's in a critical condition. He's had complete liver failure. And it's all, you know, she will admit it's a lot of it self-inflicted and all of that stuff. But I believe we can arrest this. (laughs) Because God has a plan for every single person's life, and he doesn't judge us for what we've done. He doesn't do that. He, he always receives us with open arms. So would you just stand with me a moment, and let us just... Uh, his name's Sebastian, Sebi, and so, Father, we just come in the name of Jesus, and we use the authority that you have given us through Jesus dying on the cross to just reach out, And impart your love and your power to Sebastian this morning. And we just declare that he will live. He will not die. We just call for a reversal of the damage that's done. We call for an awakening in his spirit that will begin to just let his spirit come to life in the name of Jesus. And that any damage that has been done will begin to be regenerated even now as we speak. We just release your power your grace and your mercy. Father, thank you for the love that you poured out on us when we didn't deserve it. And we just say, pour it out right now upon Sebastian, wherever he is, whatever's happening, in Jesus' name. Yes. We say, Sebby, there's good news for you. Your sins are forgiven and in the name of jesus we release you from the consequences of your poor choices and we declare there's mercy instead of judgment for you we won't judge you god doesn't judge you and now we say you can receive the holy spirit you can receive life you can receive the hope let his room be filled with light right now in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, please be seated. You forgot the important secret ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Backland did that on the talk the other day. We were driving, d- <laughs> we're, were driving down the road, coming back from the Peak District, or the, the Dales, uh, on Friday, and we were listening to this recording, and suddenly she says, Receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it 's like we almost both had a heart attack and crashed the car. <laughs> we thought something had fallen off, oh dear <sighs> man we 've uh, just um, to update you uh, Mandy came and uh, t- said something to me which i i 've also noticed, which is that we, i mean we 've been blessed by those wendy backland talks and in some ways, it's felt like a bit of a watershed time. That prophetic word came out over the weekend, didn't it? Uh, where, things are so, where the water's sort of going one direction, then suddenly it changes and goes another direction because of something that's put in its path, you know? That's what a watershed is. And it, there's been a watershed moment in the way that we think. And I want to actually review some of these things today. A few other people have had a good a chance to do that, but... I've been processing them quite a lot while I've been away on holiday, and uh, uh, I, it's really sort of impacted the way that I think and the way that I'm aligning myself at the moment. But there is a very good thing on at the moment on the Igniting Hope uh, website. Have you come across it? Wendy Backland has started a 28-day Feasting in the Spirit uh, kind of devotional, and we're on day three today, so you're not far behind, and they're actually very short. They're very manageable, And it's free. (laughs) My days. Yeah, and you can, uh, she starts off the week with a little video encouragement and refreshing some of the things that were said, but then sends an email once a day. And it it, it literally takes five minutes to do. Uh, But I would encourage you to have a look at it. Um, It's on the ignitinghope.com website. And you can just sign up to it and um, receive those encouraging words every day. So, okay, now we're, we're looking at honor today, and we're in the month of honor, but I'm only going to kind of very loosely touch on it. Um, I, I feel it is really, really important at the moment, the whole subject of honor. So I, I didn't, although the, the bulk of what I've, I want to say this morning is, is actually a little bit different, um, I feel it is worth saying because you know if ever there was a time in our history and in the UK where I have felt there has been less honor (laughs) oh my days it is like extraordinary isn't it the way that people are going at each other at the moment and we're coming into an election season (sighs) thank you Jesus Um, but those times are not known as the most wholesome times are they You know, the whole campaigns quite often are sort of like uh, organized from pointing out how everyone else has gone wrong. It's like the opposite of honor. Because honor, what honor is, is like digging for the gold, isn't it? It's It's when you look at someone, you know, it's not hard to see the faults in people. It really isn't. You don't need to be... Uh, an anointed prophet to see people's faults because everyone has faults and they're usually clearly on display but to see the goodness in people and to see the strength and the character and to dig for that gold within people and big up that gold man what an an election campaign it would be if instead of pointing out people's faults all of the parties began to identify the good things about each other wouldn't it wouldn't that be amazing it would be, you'd be spoilt for choice. Oh, man, who do I pick? They're all so good. They're all so honest and so full of integrity and, uh, you know, it would just be, oh, one day. One day revival might come, you know, but, you know, what, what's happening in, in the public realm is, is one thing and we all may have our opinions about what's right and what's wrong and what needs to happen, where we need to go and what... where we don't need to go and all of this sort of stuff. But I would just put it to you at the moment that it is more important how we think about people than actually what we do at the moment. It's like our heart attitude towards people, this this culture of honour that we have been working at to foster and engender within this group of people over the last five or six or seven years, which... You know, has really changed the atmosphere in the church. It, for me, it has. There were times when i, I really thought, "Do I got to go to church?" It's like it was challenging, very challenging, because there was so much kind of negative vibes coming from different directions. But over a long period of time, we've begun to reinforce this thing of let's celebrate the good in people, let's celebrate what God is doing, not. Dwell on the fact that he hasn't done this yet, you know. And if we could really begin and release that, how will it change the atmosphere? And it has really changed the atmosphere for us, hasn't it? It is like it's made this place a place that we love to come to, a family that we love to be a part of, because we get that feeling there is that honor amongst us. And I think it is really worth us reiterating these things time and time and time again because you know new people come in and uh, different thoughts and opinions happen and you know church history has proven that people tend to migrate towards we believe this and you believe that so we'll separate ourselves apart and you know we'll be okay we won't have to talk to each other so there won't be any difference you know, and, and there won't be any arguments. It's called denominationalism. It's like it happened over a long period of time where people began to separate because they believed different things. But, but actually, we are designed to think differently. We're designed to be unique. Yeah. We're designed to be diverse. And we're designed to love each other and really bear with one another and kind of be in the same place and support one another. And uh, I think in this... This election season, it is really, really important for us to uh, just focus and not join in with the spirit of the world, which is, which is going to identify a lot of problems, you know, but to really pray for our leaders, really celebrate the good things that are happening. You know, get that whole, don't let that culture of the world begin to slip into who we are and, and the church environment Uh, And I've got to say, you know, just be careful on social media. You know, come off it for a while. (laughs) I'm glad that Twitter's banned political advertising, you know. It's like because it all gets so skewed and so slanted and, and all of that sort of stuff. But just pray, really pray, you know, and ask God what is going on in the situation. Pray and bless our leaders. Pray and bless one another. And, you know, one of the reasons why, I mean, so we're we're getting into this season of just really understanding that there is this unseen realm, right? It's like it talks about it, uh, is it in Corinthians where it mentions that? About how we should live from the unseen realm, which is permanent, because all of this tangible stuff is temporary, isn't it? It's It's a short little blip in the length of eternity, what is unseen is permanent and lasts forever, and we 're beginning to realize that actually we are spirit beings we, we are body, soul, and spirit, but the greatest part of that is spirit, okay that is our identity that is who we are that is the bit that will live on as we as you know our, our mortal bodies begin to fail and, and we die and and so on. Our spirit lives on, and one of the things that we 're really seeing as a sort of a possibility or an open door before us is the fact that Jesus has made a a way for us to live from this unseen realm and I, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with this at the moment and you know how Wendy was sort of saying the imagination is the womb of faith Um, it's in that place of imagination of just, just asking yourself the question what if that question has been echoing around my mind for about the last two or three weeks. What if, you know, uh, and actually taking the limits off everything, you know, what if we are supposed to live as superheroes as the guys were were sharing last time that we got together or the previous time maybe because uh, I've been away for a week. Um, what if we are supposed to really live like that? What if that is our true identity and beginning to imagine it and uh, and I'm just beginning to see now that, you know, when Jesus said, you know, he, he, he did lots of stuff, didn't he? He went around healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, all of that. He commissioned us to do that. He did these things and he said, look, the kingdom of God has come near you in this moment. He was, he was demonstrating what the kingdom is like, okay? And, you know, that kingdom of God is the thing that we we seek after it i'm seeing it as a, a sort of almost like a parallel universe it, it's there it's permanently there it's not a place that we go to when we die it is somewhere that is here now and when you read the bible and read the new testament particularly about the kingdom of god it talks about something that is at hand you know it doesn't talk about something in the future it doesn't talk about something that is unattainable it actually talks as something that you can see, you know, uh, the, the scripture that says it, uh, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And, and it talks about something that you can enter into. Unless you change and become like a little child, you won't be able to enter into the kingdom. So it is something that we can see and it is something that we can enter into. And Jesus, in the way that he demonstrated all the good stuff that was going on, all the miracles, all the uh, walking on water, the calming of storms, the, you know, all of these what-ifs have been going wild in my imagination. What if we actually have the power to clean up the oceans? What if we actually have the power to reverse global warming? just not, not through just kind of burning a little bit less fossil fuel, but what if there is a way to actually kind of release that? You know, maybe he has made us more powerful than we think. Anyway, so let's get back to honour for a minute. Honour, um, the, the things I just want to highlight about honour is um, how lack of honour and really kind of staunch the flow of the kingdom um, which kind of stop the flow of the kingdom okay uh, we'll read a couple of scriptures Matthew 13:54 to 58 if you have your bibles with you feel free to turn to it um Matthew 13:54 to 58 when he Jesus had come to his own country he taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works is this not the carpenter's son? Is he not, is not his mother called Mary and his brother James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get these things? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So, you know, there we've got a picture of jesus the son of god who who has given up all his uh, kingly uh, entitlements up in heaven and come and taken on the form of a man been born as a baby into a, into a very kind of lowly existence and grown up but he's still he's still god he's still got he's still god in there but with the limitations of a human frame and and he was doing things wherever he went and yet here He could not do many mighty things there because of their unbelief. And it kind of connects in lack of honor with unbelief, doesn't it? And it's, that can't, can't possibly do that. That's just Phil, you know, he does this every week. He gets up and says this and nothing ever happens. And, you know, this is the, this is the, this is the thing. This is the familiarity, the, 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 the thing. Oh yeah, we know what's going to happen. That's, Kind of where the lack of honor comes in and begins to um, stop the flow of the kingdom in and around us now i 've often thought that honor is, is you know the uh, seeing things from the kingdom of heaven flow into our world, which is what we want to see okay so when someone 's sick, we want to see healing flow from the kingdom into our current world don 't we that's that 's what we 're aiming for uh, as Jesus told us to pray you know our father in heaven uh, hallowed be your name let your kingdom come okay as it is in heaven here on earth in this patch that's what he taught us to pray so he's given us an intention that we are to pray let your kingdom come okay let it come so whatever's happening in the kingdom of heaven or the uh, kingdom of god let it come and manifest now this is what Jesus demonstrates. So he, he would heal the sick. He would do whatever and say, look, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has just come near you. This is it. This is a picture of it. Okay? This is what it looks like. Then he would say, repent and believe. So repent means think a different way. It doesn't mean say, I'm sorry. It actually means think a different way and believe. Change. We are created for this, but honor is one of those things, or lack of honor, that actually even inhibited Jesus from bringing the kingdom of heaven into his local circumstances uh, with the people around him actually that he loved, and it was his family, his brothers, his sisters, his friends, the locals that he'd grown up with he had some difficulty there because of their lack of honor and i see that flow of the kingdom coming through a big pipe and it's got a tap on each end right it's got a tap on his end which he opens up and if anyone's done any plumbing you can open a tap on one end but if you don't open it up on the other end nothing is going to flow nothing will the tap needs to be open on both ends and Sometimes you can have the most anointed, the most called, the most gifted people standing in front of you. But unless your honour tap is turned on, as well as his tap, the kingdom is unable to flow, is unable to come and push out. There's another scripture here which I will just throw in um, as, a, as a kind of what if type thing. Uh, but it's 1 Corinthians 11 29 and it's actually Paul giving a little bit of teaching on uh, communion okay and so I I don't want to like completely take this out of context or anything but I think there's some interesting stuff in it Um, if you think about it a different way okay so nobody please get offended with me I'm just I'm throwing this out here so 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honouring the body of Christ. So the context of this thing was everyone was coming in to celebrate communion and share a meal together. And every, some people were coming in a bit drunk and they were drinking it all down. And some people were getting all the food and having five slices of pizza. And the, then there weren't any left for the next one and all of this sort of stuff. There was this thing going on which Paul was addressing actually at the time now. This is not me saying you are pizza gluttons, okay? (laughs) But, so, if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, now, the body of Christ is us, isn't it? We are the body of Christ. Each one of us is a member of that body. So, if we honor each other, because you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself, this is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. Okay, now, this is... A challenging scripture, and I've read it several times, and uh, it challenges me. And I like scriptures that challenge me, I really do. I like wrestling with them. But what if, what if, you know, that whole thing of that flow of the kingdom coming, what if that were flowing wholeheartedly and consistently not only so that we can turn on a tap when faced with someone with with cancer in front of us and we pray be healed in Jesus' name and and they get when we celebrate and that becomes a good testimony. But what if that flow was going permanently and suddenly we begin to not only commission healing for people but actually we begin to live in divine health. What if we honour the body of Christ so much that that flow is just continuous amongst us and not so then not only are we firefighting but actually we're receiving into our own bodies divine health healing peace freedom from anxiety fear all of the the shalom the whole kind of healing experience if you like body soul and spirit what if just a what if okay he's saying it's because you're not honoring each other that actually there's some sick and there's some weak people amongst you if we're living in a complete culture of honor where everyone is preferring each other bigging each other up being positive with one another you know like i see it you can you can see it so easily with kids can't you because your heart just bursts when you see them and you just think, I want the best for them. I want them to just grow up and change the world. What if we thought about that, about each other all the time rather than looking for the negative thing, rather than thinking, oh, you've just offended me. I'm not, I'm not going to cooperate with that. I'm not going to go along with that. You know, If we could just have that thought that, come on, the kingdom of God could really come here. Anyway, I'll leave you to investigate and dig a bit deeper into that scripture. This, this is not me kind of making any judgment on anything at all. It was a what-if question, okay? But I think there is a connection between honoring the body and flowing into healing and health. So in this time, I think this culture of honor, as we as we come into this season of uh, kind of rights and wrongs and Brexits and remains and um, Tories and Labour and Liberal Democrats and all of this sort of stuff, let's just take a breath, breathe deeply and just say we're actually not Tory and we're not Labour and we're not Liberal Democrat, we're Kingdom. We are Kingdom and we want to see the Kingdom come and that is how we will demonstrate to the world that jesus is real you know my previous talk about you know how our mission in life is to prove that he is that he exists that's our mission in life that's hebrews 11 isn't it he says anyone who comes to lord must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him that's our mission is to prove that he exists well we can most easily prove that by loving one another and allowing that culture of honour to to really sort of flow. Okay, good. So with that in mind, let's just refresh a a few of the things that um, Wendy was saying to us a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, I've I've often said that Steve and Wendy Backland have actually... Done more to change the way I think about myself, my circumstances, uh, the situation, the world, the kingdom, and everything than any other person that I've listened to, and they've probably got the simplest message. A lot of their books are very thin, you know, because actually, you, you, and you can read them in one sitting. It's it's simple, but again, this has happened. And if anyone has not heard the conference messages, uh, "Living from the Unseen," Wendy Backland, she was here. Uh, just before we went away, so about a week and a bit ago, um, get on the website and download them. Honestly, I've I've listened to them a few times now, and I will listen to them again, because it is opening something up in me. And um, so, um, we have, I think, individually and as a family, really begun to be awakened to something, uh, which is very exciting. And one of the things that we are really keen to do is to create an atmosphere whereby we can step into that, isn't it? And encourage one another to go deeper. I loved some of the teaching, um, you know, when she said, so let's just read this out, John 3, John 3, 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, We all know that God has sent you to teachers and your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit humans can reproduce only human life but the holy spirit gives birth to spiritual life and i thought this was you know obviously we've heard that and it's kind of got a bit americanized hasn't it the born again thing but i the, there is something incredibly unique that happens when we very first turn and say oh my goodness god's real he, he really is real and you turn your eyes towards him and you believe. Something happens in that moment and I believe it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and brings our spirit back to life. So, so Wendy was teaching, you know, we, we're made up of three items, body, our flesh and blood and our, our substance, our uh, soul, or, which is our kind of mind and emotions and all of that sort of stuff, and then our spirit, which is the real sort of identity within us, and you know, our body and soul uh, have been brought up. They they were originally born, and they, we started off as a little baby and a toddler, and all of that stuff. And we've learnt, we've grown, we've strength we, we've uh, grown muscles to be able to do things and stuff. And we've grown up in the life until we understand a bit about it. Well, when we turn and look towards Jesus, and I, I, I always think, you know we we, we've got very hung up on the sinner's prayer and all of this you've got to say sorry for my sins and thank you for dying for me on the cross and i invite you in to be the lord of my life and all of this it's kind of like a little formula isn't it that we've said and um and it's good it's all good Uh, don't get me wrong i I'm, i'm i'm into praying and i'm into turning and all of that stuff but you know i'm think about the thief on the cross who was hanging next to jesus and You know, his mate was slandering him and swearing at him and all of this stuff. And he said, leave him alone. He's done nothing. We've done everything to deserve to be here. He's done nothing. Then he looks to Jesus and says, Jesus, when you get to your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus said, you're in. Boom, you're in. He said, today you will be with me in my kingdom. So in that, he'd never said the sinner's prayer. It does bother me sometimes. He didn't do it properly, But, but he was in. He was in in that moment. He just looked at Jesus with eyes of faith and said, my goodness, you're real. Remember me when you get to the kingdom. And he said, you'll see me there. And in that moment, I think, as soon as we look with the eyes of faith towards Jesus and receive him, something happens in our spirit. Our spirit gets awakened in that moment. And in that precise moment, we are, um, as it says in Ephesians 2, we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You know, our spirit comes to life and we are united with the Holy Spirit and, and with God the Father and all of this sort of stuff. We're together and uh, and, we're, and we're there. Now, you know, many of you will have heard my, my story of how w- w- we came to be starting this church and how... You know, I had this amazing encounter with God um, where, uh, you know, I, I was in a, in a worship time in some far-flung place. And the presence of God came upon me in such power that I was, like, blatted out cold. And I don't do that stuff, okay? I, it's like I am not a, I'm not a faller over. I, I, I confess, I have occasionally fallen over when someone's been praying for me just so that they'll move on and go to someone else. <laughs> take a courtesy dive, you know. Okay, you've done your best. Just leave me alone now. I, I will confess that. But I'm not generally a faller over, okay. And, um, but on this occasion, the power of God started coming through me in, in the most extraordinary way. And, um, and I was just filled and it felt like 10,000 volts were going through every fiber of my body and I literally kind of went went out I was lying on the floor I just I, I lay down it was more comfortable and just the presence and power of God was going through me and I, I very soon became unaware of what was what's happening in the room but I knew my spirit was seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus now this was like twenty, twenty 20 odd years ago that this happened but I remember saying at the time, that scripture just came to my mind, that I'm here, he's here. I we, We're kind of one. It's like that was the revelation that I got in that moment. And I always think that God put like 10,000 volts through my body to disable my brain and to disable my body because I have a very overactive brain. I analyze everything, even kind of when the power of God comes on me, you know, And I'd be tempted to say, oh, that's amazing. I'd I'd analyze all the way down what is happening to me, you know. But he disabled all of that, and then suddenly I became aware. My spirit is seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, that is the same for every single one of you. As soon as you look to Jesus with eyes of faith, something was reborn in you. That happened, and that capability was switched on. It's it's like an awakening. We were listening. uh, I was talking to the guys this morning. Alistair, I saw you. Where are you? I saw that thing with Kanye West when he was talking about the awakening that he's had. It. uh, You know, it's James Corden. It's. Yeah, he. You know, James Corden does these. um, What do they call it? The. Carpool Karaoke, and he he kind of has these famous people in the car. Well, this time it was Airpool Karaoke, and he's sitting in an aeroplane seat with Kanye West and talking to him. And by all accounts, I mean obviously you 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 get a little snapshot on the video and stuff, but Kanye West has had this incredible awakening, where he has come in. You can Google it; it's just it's just on YouTube and everything. Oh, so James Corden, Kanye West. But he's sitting on this (laughs) aeroplane talking about this experience he's had where it says, and James Corden sort of like talks to him and says, look, what are people going to say that, you know, less than two years ago you were standing up on the awards ceremony with a bottle of Hennessy in your hand and, you know, kind of doing all sorts of things. And and now you want us to believe that you've, you've suddenly changed and become this person and you know with, he's getting involved in church and all of that and he said would you di- would you dispute that there are two different states you know when you go to bed at night and you go to sleep you're asleep and then in the morning something happens and you wake up and he said that's what it's happened to me it's like i've just woken up i've just the lights have come on and i've and that old thing you know and he doesn't pretend he's going to be perfect he doesn't pretend he's not going to ever make a mistake again and you know if you listen to it there's lots of quite offensive things in it about finance and stuff like that which you'll need to process but essentially something has come alive in him and it's really worth a watch i would i would kind of recommend that to you so when we just look with the eyes of faith towards jesus something comes alive in us but the the exciting thing about that and the revelation that came to me over the weekend was you don't suddenly get born as an adult into the spiritual world where you where you know how everything works when you're born again you're a blooming baby you know babies can't do much other than eat poop and sleep it's like and you're back to sort of square one and we have to learn what it's like to live in the spiritual world living from the unseen realm and I, I found that so helpful and you know how like even in the physical world when when a baby is born and it's kind of walking uh, or, or trying to walk it's it has to learn it it has to go through the motions and it has to get up and fall down and get up and fall down and get up and fall down and you know it kind of goes on for some time and sometimes it can be a bit discouraging but eventually it gets the hang of it and it's just like that in the spiritual world we don't immediately have access to everything we have to learn we have to try we have to get it wrong and then we have to you know, receive a bit of correction and a bit of encouragement and all of that sort of stuff and I found that really really helpful you know sometimes we can when you hear it of like in the encounter that I had all those years ago and stuff you say oh yeah god's on the outside what we need is a bit of zappage god's gonna come and do something and then everything's gonna be okay you know i've just got this really strong feeling now that he has given us everything that we need he has made the way open to the kingdom you know jesus uh said didn't he where was that That's just come to mind. Yeah, Jesus in John 10 says, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come in and out freely. It's like Jesus has made a way open for us to access the things of the kingdom. It's there, but we just don't know how to do it. We kind of, you know, because we've stood up once and said, You know, prayed for someone to be healed and it hasn't worked. We say, oh, well, it obviously doesn't work. I'm obviously not a healer. That's a bit like saying a baby, well, it's obviously not a walker. You know, because it fell over the first time. No, you get up and you try again and you you begin to understand. We have to learn those experiences. I don't think these things are necessarily going to come through being zapped Externally but more through revelation and awareness of who we are in Christ and what he has won for us and what we have exact access to. Now, you know, some people, like myself, have had uh, some extraordinary uh, things happen, you know, like this encounter with God and everything. So why is that? Well, there's two reasons that could be. One is I'm more dense than the rest of you, and need something to actually get me into that place more than the rest of you the second thing is i think sometimes when he has called people to lead and teach and to you know make a way into something he has to break in you see i was such an analytical person i was living so much from from analysis and from my engineering background and the here and now, the solid flesh, the rational, the, the, the knowledge, the what we learn, and, and all of this sort of stuff that I needed to break out of it. And he, ne- he knew what I was called to do and therefore he intervened with me and gave me a taste of something. I thought, this is legal, this is possible. We can- this is a place that we can live from. And I'm here kind of saying, come on, guys, I think we've all got access to this. So anyway, and of course, that happened uh, with an, another example of that is uh, Jacob, wasn't it? When he was kind of going along and he had a purpose and a call in God. And um, well, let's just read it. Genesis 28. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and he stopped there for the night and Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and he lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached up from earth to heaven and he saw the angels going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway, the Lord said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants, and your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. And what's more, I am with you and will protect you wherever you go. And one day I'll bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised to you. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely God was in this place I wasn't even aware of it surely I was in the house of God and didn't perceive it you know this really um, uh, confirmed something in me you know about I on the very first one of those Wendy talks she quoted this scripture 2 Peter 1 4 uh, which says by his divine power God has given us everything we need for a godly life that's the We've got access, you know. We've, he's given us everything that we need for a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called himself to us by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable us to share in his divine nature. I have never read that before. It's the promises that he gives to us. Now, J- think, go back to Jacob. He's having this dream, he's merrily going along, enjoying his life. He's thinking, I'll just lay down, have a few 40 winks and stuff. And suddenly God breaks in in a dream and gives him a promise. I'm going to bless you so that all of the descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed and your descendants will be numerous. Suddenly he's got a promise. Do you remember me saying a couple of weeks ago when I was talking, it's like there seems to be this pattern where God picks people who are suitably unqualified to do the job okay that you know like you you just talked Moses and Gideon they were just not suitable for the job you they would have not got through the first stage of the interview process these days Moses couldn't speak Gideon was a scaredy cat you know a lot of people had but he, he picks people he picks the weak things to confound the strong and the foolish things to shame the wise doesn't he Sound quite right, but that's the gist of it. Um, and he does so. He picks someone who's not suited to the job. He then gives them some kind of encounter, and where they receive a promise. They then go through a whole lot of trouble, waiting for the promise to emerge, and then they step into it. It's it's a bit of a pattern that goes round. But this one, this scripture here, 2 Peter 1:4, it shows it's through those promises that's how we participate and partake in the divine nature of God and it makes sense of some of the things God said to me saying things that are impossible that you can't possibly do in your own strength it's through the promises that we partake in the divine nature of God so he gives us those things to spur us on to make us dig deeper and you know, I, I would say whatever it is you're facing at the moment, whatever, everyone's kind of facing some things that they need to kind of get through, don't they? It's like, it's life, you know, in this world you will have trouble, Jesus said, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Every one of those things is designed to make us dig deep and pull on the kingdom, to bring through the resources from the kingdom of heaven It's kind of like there's this parallel world there with a little doorway. Jesus is the doorway. We know that. He's opened it up for us, and we can go through, and there's everything we need there. There's provision. There's healing. There's health. There's everything. There's strategy. There's designs, inventions. There's all sorts of good stuff. And we have it. We have access to it. But he wants us to do that in order to overcome the things that the world is throwing at us. In this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, because I've overcome the world. How's he overcome the world? By making a way into the kingdom so that we can bring the resources to solve the problem. So, there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. And uh, it just... <laughs> Come along if you like. It's uh, But... It, it, it takes me back, you know. Right, right. At the beginning. God put two trees in the garden: the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. And the the, the tree of knowledge, you know, knowledge is not a bad thing, is it? it? It's like we all want knowledge. We all want to learn. We all want to receive, and we all want to kind of get things. But if you live completely from that place, you're limited by the knowledge that you've got. And the only way to get any further is to get, you know, get more knowledge and to work more hours or, to, or whatever. But actually, we're designed to live from the tree of life, which is a, a place that flows, where there's a constant flow of revelation and resource to allow us to step into things that are completely impossible. Whoa. Yeah so I've said that I've said that I've said that and it just kind of strikes me that the you know like the healing well for example we, we talk about the healing well I mean, I've had a prophetic word that there's a healing well an ancient well in the land and it is this is Isabel prophesying over me saying it's appointed to you to open it up now it, immediately I'm thinking it's over there somewhere you know and we've got a it's a regional thing, it's something, and he's given me some staff to say, open up well and all of that. All of a sudden, I'm starting thinking, oh my goodness, perhaps the well's in me. Perhaps that's it by getting access to the unseen realm and appropriating the resources through it and releasing it into my own life and overflowing into the lives of others, this whole blessed to be a blessing Uh, idea maybe i am the well maybe you are the well maybe you are the well all of us maybe we are the ones that's why jesus never said go and pray that the sick will be healed he never said that he said go and heal the sick go and raise the dead cleanse the leper he didn't say ask the father to do it he said you do it because he'd made the way open to get that stuff John seven thirty eight says he who believes in me will have rivers of living water flowing from their middle from their inmost being good that's a better translation yeah I, I, there's so many kind of thoughts have been coming in in this process um, you know like it Mark 10 it says it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle you know and it's hard for a rich person. What, what is a rich person? Is it, is it money that stops you getting in? It's not. I don't think it is. But a rich man has resources. And they can pull on those resources. And they rely on those resources. I, I've seen it and felt it myself. You know, as God's blessed us with something, suddenly think, oh, I don't need to worry about that anymore. You know, it's like something on the inside switches off. But when we kind of have nothing everything's kind of really pulling on heaven really going for it that's why it's difficult for a a rich person to enter the kingdom and he also says in Luke 18 16 the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children I tell you the truth anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it you know, God's just been speaking to me so much about the children. I'm watching them. I'm watching how they, how they act and what they do. And, you know, there's just no doubt in their minds, is there? They're just, if they, if, if, as soon as they put that cape on, they are Superman. You know, it is, it, it's just right there. There is a simplicity in the way that they approach things. And I, I just think, you know, we, something has got to be opened up on the inside that's why God said there's a healing well in the land it's in my land you know she was prophesying over me it needs opening up and you need to just realize that the way is open for you okay I've thrown a lot of random thoughts out there all to do with the unseen realm uh, and kind of put in there let's just be careful you know the, the creating an atmosphere where these things can happen is really important to us and clearly faith and belief and honour are really important things and those are the things that we need to foster those when we hear these things we need to say yeah that could be possible we could we could go for that we could do that I'm going to try that I'm going to try that when I get home you know some of the things I'm doing at the moment is I'm having like these kind of quiet times not not like traditional quiet times with you Verse of the day and all of that sort of stuff, but where I just kind of get into a quiet place. I was actually doing it this morning by the gate. If anyone saw me coming in, I thought I just kind of get some music on in the background and I'll just like I just imagine that I'm in the kingdom of heaven. What's it like? What am I seeing? What what is around? I actually went into the accounts department the other day and filled out a docket for the money for the land and and it. And they said, "Yeah, it'll be with you shortly." And uh, that w- that 's happening in my imagination okay that 's me just allowing things to begin. To, what is it like? What is having access to this resource is like and this is somewhere that we 've got to go all right i think i 'm done let 's uh, let 's just stand thank you father thank you thank you thank you that you have opened up the door. <laughs> thank you that uh, you have made the way open for us to enter into the kingdom at this at this stage, and Lord, Lord, we, we just acknowledge that we 're babies we don 't know how to do it we 've tried and failed and tried and failed, but we are triers and we are succeeders, and we are going to come through to that place and we 're going to see the miraculous break out in this place. We are going to see the sick healed, we are going to see the dead raised. We are going to see every part of the curse that the enemy has put on this world reversed. We're going to see the oceans cleanse. Come on, let's just kind of get out there and push the boundaries a little bit. But Father, you, you have made us to be supernatural. You've made us in your image. You have said, Father, let us make man in our image. And you're a God who calls things which don't exist as though they did. And you have made us that way. So, Father, let that faith begin to rise up in us as we renew our minds by listening to some of these amazing teachings and reading these books and stuff that have come our way and just begin to believe like children that it is possible. I just bless each person here to just receive everything they need from the kingdom in this time, whether it's health or provision or peace, whatever that is, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well done. Well done, Phil. I'm going to score you now. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not.